0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the 425 Show, your place to be for all things real estate and lifestyle related here on the East Side. I'm your host, Nicole Mangina with Windermere Real Estate. Thanks so much for joining us today. We always start off with a real estate update. So I have a twofer today, one for sellers and one for buyers. Uh, sellers, my advice to you, it seems like a hassle, but I promise you will thank me for, move out while your home is on the market. Um, Either just if you're moving, like move all of your furniture out. But even, you know, let's say your furniture is staying there, you don't have to totally vacate your home. But for the time that your house is on the market, and it's usually a short period of time, especially right now with all of the multiple offers, we might be talking about basically a long weekend, like a Thursday to a Tuesday. If you just Go stay somewhere else, go on vacation, get a hotel, stay with a friend, your life will be so much easier. Um, Even without COVID, having your house on the market when you live there, it's not that awesome, meaning it takes forever to get out of the house. You got to pack it all up and get it all show ready. You leave, you come back, you can tell people have been in your house. It's a little bit weird. Um, And right now, there are so many buyers trying to come through a house at one time that could be happening from 8 a.m to six or eight PM. So um it's funny, whenever I bring that up with a client who's selling their home, they're always like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. Or that just seems like more effort than I need to do. But everybody who does it is so happy they did it. Cause then you come home. One time, instead of in between all these showings, uh, your house is a little bit of a disarray. One of the things I do is I go by every day and make sure it's all put back together. So it should be fine by the time you come home. Um, we wipe it down, we make sure it's clean and then you get to review offers and life is grand. So that is your seller tip. Buyers, the tip for you this week is form your team early. And your team is usually at the very beginning is your real estate agent and your lender. The earlier you can start building that team and that relationship, the better your process will be. In any market, but especially this one with the way things are selling so quickly and prices are escalating, there's a lot to know in order to be successful when you get to the offer part of it. A lot more to buying a house than just popping into places when they come on the market and trying to decide if that's where you want to live. So the earlier you can start those conversations, the more education you can have so that when you have to make those decisions, and they're usually quick decisions, emotional ones, you've got the information you need so that you feel educated and solid in whatever you do so that you're still excited about the house when you actually get it. So those are your two pieces of advice for today. If you have real estate questions, buying or selling, I always encourage you to reach out. I'm here and happy to help. You can find me via email, Nicole at NicoleMangina.com. There you go. Without further ado, I'm so happy to have our guests on the show with us today. Uh, this is one of those shows you need to listen to because there is it's some, we're going to cover some really good, some important stuff um, that our community really needs. So we have Rachel Kinski and Liz Mangini with LifeWire joining us today. Good morning, ladies. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Yes. So let's kind of start at the beginning. What is LifeWire? What do you do for the community?
1: LifeWire serves survivors of domestic violence in okay. East and North King County and we also work with youth and young adults to prevent violence in future generations. Wow. Okay,
0: so important stuff. Yes. <laughs> important <laughs> stuff and necessary stuff. Um, that's why I'm so happy that you are on the show today and appreciative that we're here because We always like to think life is good and it's, you know, all sunshine and roses, and I wish that for everybody, but the reality is for some people it's not, and the services that you provide in these situations are literally
1: life-changing and sometimes life-saving, so thank you. That's right, and I think um, the other thing that many people don't realize is that domestic violence impacts a lot more people than most of us know. Yes. Um, One in four women and one in seven or nine men, depending on which statistics you want to use, will experience some form of domestic violence in their lifetimes. And that means that all of us probably know somebody who is experiencing or has experienced domestic violence um, in our workplaces or in our neighborhoods or in our friend groups. And um, it's all around us. And sometimes we're not aware of that or we're not thinking about it or talking about it.
0: And right.
2: I think It's important to note that that doesn't just mean physical abuse. It's yes. The logical, financial, emotional, there's so many different pieces of domestic violence.
1: That's right. Um, and the survivors that we work with actually tell us that although the physical violence is obviously horrific and painful, that's not the part that impacts them the most. And it's not the part that is hardest to heal from. Uh, Survivors tell us that the emotional and psychological and financial abuse, the experience of being isolated and of being controlled, is the part that is most impactful on people's lives.
2: One of the reasons that I wanted to be a board member was because I saw the great things that they're doing and really a broad range of things, whether it's the Mm -hmm. 24 hour hotline that people can call or legal advocacy or, Mm -hmm. um, the children's support groups, the pre COVID when, you know, they would go into the high schools, promoting healthy relationships, like starting early to help, you know, veer children away from becoming involved with domestic violence Mm -hmm. relationships.
1: Well, and, and we're still doing that virtually. Um, one oh, of the I've been really proud of in the last year is that LifeWire has managed to provide all of our services virtually. So we have still been doing healthy relationships and bystander education courses in high schools and colleges virtually. And we have been providing legal advocacy and mental health therapy and support groups and one-on-one advocacy everything that we do, we've been doing by telephone and on online platforms um, through the whole pandemic. And that's been especially important because this has been such an especially dangerous and vulnerable time for people experiencing domestic violence. Um, Of course, sheltering at home when home is not safe is a really scary um, and, and threatening experience and domestic violence for survivors has been increasingly frequent and increasingly severe um, as the pandemic has continued. And of course, all of the other impacts, um, all of the financial impacts, all of the health impacts have only made survivors, both those sheltering with abusive partners and those who have been on their own trying to make it on their own have made folks more vulnerable. Um, It's been a very rough year survivors and our staff has really risen to the occasion.
0: That's amazing. Um, Again, if you are just tuning in today, we have Rachel and Liz joining us to share about LifeWire, such an important and valuable organization um, because you help people with domestic violence. And, And like you were talking about earlier, and I think it's good to reiterate it, we always, you know, first you think about, okay, there's the the physical part of the violence, and and that is a very real thing. Um, there is the psychological or emotional part of the violence, but the financial part of it, I think, is huge as well, um, because it happens, and it's one that one part that we don't necessarily think about, right, or realize the impact that that has.
1: Yes, and ninety eight percent of survivors have experienced financial abuse. It's it's almost everyone, um, and sure. what that can look like is survivors not being allowed to have a job, um, not being permitted to access their own income if they do have a job, not being permitted to access family income, um, their own identity documents, all of the things that give people the freedom to make their own decisions. If you think about how much personal freedom and personal choice and agency is connected to being able to use your own money as an adult, yeah. Um, it's an incredible piece of control. Um, and the other piece that relates to is how closely domestic violence is connected to homelessness and affordable housing issues. Sure, um, And that's a huge piece of what we do actually because for many survivors, leaving an abusive home is, is challenging in many, many ways. But one of them is that it's, it can be very difficult to have anywhere else to go Um, And if you have experienced financial abuse and you don't have access to any income um, or any documents, that becomes a really challenging burden. And we have many people who talk to us about being afraid to leave because that might mean risking homelessness um, and often with children. Right. And so a big part of LifeWire's work is helping people figure out how to access housing if they're gonna leave a violent relationship.
0: Yeah. So if somebody's out there listening to the show today and either is experiencing this themselves or knows or even suspects they they know somebody, how do they reach out to you? How do they get help?
1: So I think there are a few important things to say about that. One is that LifeWire does have a 24-hour helpline that survivors can call, friends can call, anyone can call for information or for a listening ear or for um, connection to resources of all kinds. But the other thing that's important is that one of the most important things any of us can do for the people that we love is just to be a listening ear. Uh, so if you know someone who might be in a relationship where, they, where, where you're concerned about them, um, where they seem like they might be isolated, where, where something seems not right, the most important thing that you can do is to reach out and just listen. And not ask controlling questions yourself, um, even though you might really want to, and not push that person to leave or not push that person to tell you things that they might not want to tell you. Uh, survivors really need people who will just be there as a non judgmental listening ear, who will let them know that when the time comes that they want someone to listen or reach out to, that you're willing to be that person. Um, sometimes that's the most important thing you can do. And letting people know that LifeWire has a helpline is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, demanding that someone call the helpline is not so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I also think
2: uh, there's a great place on the website, um, you know, if, if someone you're talking to and, and like Rachel saying, not be controlling, but you know, there's a place on the website where there's questions to figure out like, are you in uh, an abusive relationship? Maybe you should check out those questions and just see if they resonate with you. And you know, I I think that is helpful as well.
1: And thank you so much for mentioning the website Liz because for for many people making a phone call isn't particularly safe right now while everybody's at home together so much of the time, but reaching out by email through the website is sometimes a safer way to go. Exploring the website is safe there's a quick escape button on the website. So if you go there and you need to leave it quickly, you can. Uh, so yes, reaching out through the web is a really good way to go too.
0: I love it. And the website is lifewire.org, correct? correct. Okay, so lifewire.org, um, great resources for sure. And I'd like, like you said, Liz, I think it's awesome that you have questions on the website because I know for a lot of times when you're in that situation, you know enough to know something's not right but knowing that you're worth more or you don't have yeah. to stay is, I think, also probably where it starts for a lot of people of just, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, this really isn't right Yeah, <laughs> what where I'm at and what I'm experiencing.
1: I think the other important thing to know is that LifeWire works with survivors and supports survivors wherever they are and whatever choices they're making. And we work with many survivors who are staying. Mm-hmm. Sometimes staying is the safest and smartest decision to make at the time. And so we work with survivors who are staying and support them in making plans to stay safe and to help their children stay safe while they stay, while that is the best decision to make. Um, so we, we are happy to support survivors in whatever circumstances they're in.
0: I think that's great. I think that's amazing. I love that you do um, things at the school level as well though. I think that's so, so important. Um, either a, if you're experiencing it at home, you don't know what the alternatives are. So it helps with that. But I know some of this stuff, it's a slippery slope, you know, in terms of how you end up in these situations, what you can come from a really good family Mm -hmm. and still end up in some of these situations without even realizing it.
1: You know, I'm so glad you said that, Nicole, because there is this funny thing about coming from a good family Right. Uh, what, it doesn't does that have mean? anything to do with it. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I couldn't define it, but uh, anyway. <laughs> well, no, but I'm really glad you said that because it's a, it's a interesting thing. Being a survivor of domestic violence doesn't have much at all to do with the survivor. It's about the behavior of the abusive partner. Right. And so all kinds of people, professional women, women of all races, all ages, all socioeconomic backgrounds, also men, also non-binary people find themselves as survivors of domestic violence, Mm -hmm. and also youth. One in three teens experience dating violence, so it does start young. Yeah, And it's very important that we are in the high schools and in college campuses talking about what healthy relationships look like, talking about how youth can support each other when they are concerned talking about how youth can take leadership on campuses to change campus culture about what dating norms might want to look like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, a, that's very important. Um, and this whole idea that what happens to survivors is not because there's something wrong with the survivors. It's because there's something wrong with people who are using power and control on other people.
2: hmm Yeah. And I think there's that slippery slope too of the survivor thinking, oh, it's because I did this or I did this, but it's like a slow process sometimes to, Mm -hmm. you know, what might start out looking like a healthy relationship slowly changes for the survivor um, over time into something that's not healthy. I think that's an interesting
1: dynamic. Yeah. And those are some of the red flags we talk about, you know, Uh, Extreme jealousy. You know, it it can be flattering um, when somebody really wants a lot of your attention. Uh, But when somebody wants all of your attention or gets angry or really jealous when you pay attention to anyone else or anything else, that's not a good sign. Um, When somebody is paying too much attention to where you are and who you're with and gets angry if you don't respond to their text messages right away, that's not a good sign. Um, you know, all all of those things that are too much. And so talking not just with youth, but with everybody is another thing all of us can do. Talking about what is a healthy relationship and modeling what is a healthy relationship and talking about that love should feel good. Not all the time. We're going to have some conflict. We're going to have some disagreement, but it shouldn't feel frightening. And it shouldn't feel like um, loving someone means that you don't get to make choices for yourself. Right,
0: absolutely. Again, if you're just tuning in today, we have Rachel and Liz with LifeWire on the show with us. They help victims of domestic violence. A, once you're in it, but also with the prevention of it. So many phenomenal services that you provide. If you are out there and experiencing this or suspect somebody you care about might be, that you have a phenomenal website, LifeWire, dot org um, that you can go to for amazing resources, but you also um, have an event coming up. And I want to talk about that as well, because hopefully you're not experiencing this, but this has tugged at your heart a little bit. It certainly is mine for sure. Um, So you can donate um, because
1: it helps fund your services. So what is the event that you have coming up? We have our Hope Grows Here breakfast. It will it. be at 7.30 in the morning on Thursday, May 13th. So it probably doesn't conflict with anything else you're doing. And it's <laughs> virtual, you don't even have to do your hair. Oh yeah, you won't be <laughs> seen. you could be in your pajamas. It's gonna <laughs> be quick 45 minutes. Um, it should okay. be very inspirational and it's an opportunity to learn more. There's no cost to attend. Um, okay. We will ask people to make contributions to support our work. Um, but it's gonna be a really great opportunity to hear from some of our board and staff and from one of the survivors who's used some of our services. Um, I'll be having a conversation with uh, State Senator Manka Dingra about our work and her work. Um, she has done a lot of work also around survivors of domestic violence. And I think it's just gonna be a great opportunity to learn more about domestic violence and about LifeWire. I think that's great. So and,
0: and perf- in a perfect world, you can make it, but if you have a conflict at 7.30 in the morning, you can go on and just donate. That is also totally acceptable. Um, But the stories, that's when I'm actually happy some of this stuff is virtual, because the stories come on. I'm just like (laughs) falling when I'm sitting, because they're powerful. The work you do is amazing. We will have links on our website after the show, nicolemangina.com forward slash podcast, or you can go to lifewire.org as well. They've got an events page and you can access this. You can register, learn more about it, or just donate. That's totally okay too. (laughs) And all much appreciated. Um, If somebody wanted to, so actually I was going to ask about getting involved, but you talked about the jealousy. And I think that's an important thing because you're right. It's a slippery slope. Like you were talking about Liz, you know, in the beginning, you're like, oh, I got this person and they care about me so much. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, that's not working for me anymore. Um, are there other kind of easy red flags things that people should be aware of?
1: I think, um, I mentioned isolation. That's a really big one. Um, Mm -hmm. when people start to feel like a partner doesn't want you to be with friends, be with family, Mm -hmm. um, spend time anywhere else, that's concerning. Yeah. Um, monitoring of how you spend your money, how you spend your time, who you communicate with, Um, and certainly all of the escalating aggression. Um, Obviously, physical violence is a concern, but often, um, and not all patterns are the same, but often before physical violence come other forms of aggression. Um, screaming, yelling, throwing things, um, violence towards pets. Um, But even before all of that can just come a lot of criticism. Yeah. um, And a lot of really unpredictable rage and anger. Um, So looking for all of those kinds of all of those kinds of things. We talk about domestic violence as essentially all about power and control. right? Using lots of kinds of behaviors, all of those things, jealousy, anger, control of finances, control of paperwork, sometimes manipulation of children, um, sometimes use of other kinds of power, uh, for instance, um, in LGBTQ relationships mm-hmm. or when someone has a diagnosis, threatening to out someone. Um, when we work with immigrant survivors, sometimes an abusive partner will withhold the ability to get citizenship or threaten deportation. So anything that can be used as a method of power and control to gain power over somebody and use that power to control them. Those are all things that people use and they start usually at a lower threshold and escalate. Right. So I, think things start to look very, cool. I
2: think it can start very quietly with mm-hmm. the the general, um, the person trying to make someone feel less than or not good enough or the chipping away at self-esteem yeah. and confidence. I think it can even start with that.
0: Yes. Yeah, for sure. Something I think you had on your website that I thought was really interesting was that, Drugs and alcohol don't cause this. Um, that's correct. And I think that's an important thing to bring up, right? Like, if this is happening, this is who this person is. It might be worse with drugs and alcohol, but you know, I think sometimes you hear that, like, oh, well, you know, they're only like that when they drink, or they're only this, or they're only that. Um, and that's not OK.
1: Right. Drugs and alcohol don't cause domestic violence. Mental yeah. illness does not cause domestic violence. Yeah. Those things may exacerbate, but they don't cause. Um, On the other hand, domestic violence may cause a survivor to be forced to use drugs and alcohol or not allowed to recover from using drugs and alcohol, Um, may cause a survivor to end up with effects of depression, anxiety, other features of mental illness, um there are there are a lot of impacts on survivors but there's a lot of confusion about what those relationships are so yeah and i up as well
0: yeah i thought that was a really important distinction um for people to be aware of most definitely
1: yeah yeah another one you know you brought about red flags but i think for for everyone and including young people is putting down people's friends and family oh Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that, part of the
0: isolation. I yeah, think. the isolation train, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Well, not perfect, but perfectly. <laughs> words, but I'm sorry, wrong choice of words. We knew it. <laughs> um. Real quick, if somebody, so we talked about the event. Uh, again, LifeWire.org, such a necessary and important organization. You can go there if you need help, but also to sign up for your event, to donate. If someone wants to get involved and to help at whatever capacity that might be, um, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: You know, we have many fewer volunteer opportunities right now because of COVID. I would say the very best thing someone could do to help right now would actually be to spread the word about the event and to invite other people to join us. Uh, There's a way to be a virtual table captain and you can find that on the website as well. Okay. Um, If you're gonna come to the event, you can easily invite others to join you at your virtual table. Um, and that would be the number one thing you could do for us right now. It's easy and it will help spread the word and it makes a really big difference for us. Um, and it's an easy thing to invite people to because there's no cost to attend. So I would say that would be the quickest, fastest, best thing you could do for us right now. I
2: love it. The event name, if we didn't already say it is Hope Grows Here.
0: I know, I love that name. I think it's so perfect. Yeah. So I, in fact, I'll be at Liz's table <laughs> for the event. Hey. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today um, and sharing what really is a super important message. We will definitely be sharing um, not only the information, but the event because, um, and we were talking about this before the show and you talked about it as well. You've been necessary from the beginning of time, but during COVID, it's even more so. Um, So to be able to know that for people to know that there's an option out there, I think is really Really important. So, thank you yeah. for all that you do. Most definitely. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah thank you for having us. Absolutely. Um, one last time lifewire.org, such an amazing organization. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Liz, for joining us on the show today. We'll have links to everything, including their event and a donation link if that's what you want to do. They will so appreciate it on the website after the show, NicoleMangina.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for joining us, ladies. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thank you. Have a great day. All right.